This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. I am the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am joined, as I am, every Monday with Evan Sowards over there in Los Angeles, California, where I believe he got zero sleep last night because of a, a Lakers parade right down the street from his, his apartment. Is that correct, Evan? Uh, that's about correct, yeah. Mm. How are you feeling today? Uh, I'm I'm I, I am I don't know uh, I I don't know what to think feel say anymore. Um, mm. I feel like every week since we've uh, done this podcast this year, things have gotten worse every single week. Uh, Who's in worse shape, my team or your team? Oh uh, man, you know honestly, that's really hard. I think from a uh, from a, a, a roster standpoint, obviously the Forty Niners. Um, but you know the Falcons are they did it. Owen five start, fired their head coach. Hell, they even took out the the GM. Were you were you expecting that? No. I was not. I Dimitrov, um, he got an extension not too long ago. Um he's just been he's outlasted several coaches now and I I don't Dimitrov has been divisive in this Falcons fandom for years now, but I think losing Scott Pioli was a, a big blow to this organization because I think those two worked really well, and that's who really put together the Super Bowl team. And I don't know. Losing Pioli was, was brutal because he was Dimitrov's right-hand man. But, like, I don't really have a problem with Dimitrov's team building. Like, the Falcons were voted, I think, on ESPN, like, a year or two ago as the best roster in the NFL, top to bottom. Like, he... I, I don't blame him as much as I blame Quinn for not maximizing the personnel that he brought around him. Yes, Dimitros made some mistakes on the edge, but as we've learned, drafting edge rushers is is difficult and figuring out which ones are going to work and which ones aren't. I, it's it's not easy. Um, and guess what? McGarry looks great. Um, Lindstrom looks fine. I Jake Matthews is a great signing. Alex Mack was a great signing. Matt Ryan, it's him. Kevin Ridley, great pick. Julio keeping Julio and maximizing his window with Mohamed Sanu was huge. Taylor Gabriel was a good swing. Um, Deion Jones, obviously a great pick. Like he's, he's done a solid job and I don't think he's a bad general manager. And I think he'll pick on some, pick up somewhere rather quickly. Um, but yeah, Quinn, not surprised. Dimitrov surprised. Yeah. It's a, uh... I feel like for the Falcons, like I, 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 I'm not a huge, you know, I don't, watch the Falcons every day. I don't follow the Falcons Must the way nice. that you do. Uh, but it does seem like that they've hit on some decent picks over the years. Um, you know, Leon Jones is great. Calvin Ridley is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Brady like, Jarrett was a great find. Yeah. 
I, I think in general, like I think he's done a good job, but I can say when you get rid of a head coach like Dan Quinn, you probably understand as a franchise that the next head coach is going to want to pick the GM or, you know, the next GM is going to want to pick the head coach. You look yeah. at Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, and although they're struggling right now having their entire team uh, injured, you know, I think that their dynamic that they have together works really well. It's just very poor luck and some bad decisions. So I, I get the I get the need to, to just clear house and start from new. What do you think uh, – what are your like big takeaways from this fire line? Like what do you think is going to happen to Matt Ryan? What do you think is going to happen to the team? Like wh- wh- what do you take from this? They're not going to rebuild. I know that. And I Blink has no interest in that. Blink – that's why he's very um, loyal I think where he wants to ensure competitiveness – at all times so i don't that's why it was so hard for him to move on from quinn um he was a little late on smith um he's just a very loyal guy and he's also just a very good professional sports owner so i still trust blank in a lot of ways but um i think matt ryan's here for the foreseeable future i think the falcons are going to turn around a little bit they're not going to get the number one or number two pick they're not going to be in position to get uh fields or lawrence but if that is the case then it will be interesting to see where their headspace is at, but it's hard to forecast where their headspace is at because we don't know who their new GM and new head coach is going to be. Like, is it going to be a good fit for Ryan and this group? What do you do about Julio? Julio is hurt again. His hamstring's still really bothering him. He's going to be hobbled all year. Does he shut it down? Um, you invest a lot in this offensive line. Does Alex Mack retire after this year and you have to replace him? Um, how do you fix this defense? Do you go defensive-minded guy, offensive-minded guy? They have spent a lot of money on this group. And I I don't know. I, I think they're going to be like, this is a very appealing job. And I think it's going to be interesting to see who they target first, head coach or GM, and give a head coach like all this power, like a college guy, or they go NFL offensive coordinator like Eric Benemy. Um I also would not roll out um, Raheem Morris. I, I think there is a real shot that they're going to give him a every chance in the book to to win this job outright. I really do believe that. Um, Rich McKay has been the CEO there for forever. Um, and I think if he does really well in the second half, kind of what Quinn did in the second half last year, I would not be surprised if he gets a real shot at this. Because um, here's a quote from your head coach, Kyle Shanahan, from in 2017 on Rumi. He, Morris, who has been named interim coach, which I was very happy about because I was nervous it was going to be Dirk Cutter who should not be a head coach ever again. Um, Raheem has been one of the main differences this year. Falcons offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan said, we couldn't have had the success without him. That year is important because Raheem Morris was a longtime defensive-minded guy. He coached in Tampa, youngest uh, African, like youngest African-American head coach in NFL history. Um, I think he got that job when he was 33. is 10 years ago now. But uh, he and Shanahan are very close, and he's very close to Dan Quinn, too. And they've had a relationship for, I think, like something like 20 years. And I'm sure this is very hard for him um, to lose Quinn and have to take over for him. But, like, I think Raheem Morris, I mean, that second year, they went 10-6. and six, And he hasn't had a shot in a long time. And 
I think his versatility where he coached the receivers the year he went to the Super Bowl and the, the receivers really latched onto him and he has a very close relationship with D'Angelo Hall um, and just a lot of guys around the league and he's been seen as like the ultimate players coach and play like some people are worried that he players like him too much which is interesting but um, I don't know I think he has a real shot here and I I've always said the Falcons it's vi- the most frustrating thing about them is that like I'm not really mad about a lot of the roster moves. Like, I'm not mad about the lack of talent. I'm not mad about things that most fan bases are really upset about. It's like, no, this team has all the talent to immediately contend. There is no reason the Falcons are, should not be contending for a Super Bowl this season. Their roster is good enough to contend for a Super Bowl. They're just underachieving in an unbelievable way going 0-5. And it's just like, no, it, it falls in the coach. And, like, Quinn was 14-23. and 23. Um, it, since uh, 2018, it's just been a downward trend since Super Bowl, and you know that that's where it is. But I do think this is an appealing job, and I think Matt Ryan's gonna be here for the foreseeable future. I mean, he's the best quarterback in Falcons history. I don't think they're gonna shovel him out of here. Um, Ridley and Jones are still one of the best one-two punches in the NFL. Russell Cage looks like a dude. Hayden Hurst was a great signing. Like the offensive lines coming together. I don't know, man. I girl even looked a little little spry last night. Um, it's just very frustrating because I almost tweeted this. You're now feeling this too, where like it sucks that the season is over and you're playing for nothing in early October because we wait a whole year for these seasons. There's only 16 games, and then to already have to emotionally check out this early in the season, knowing that you can't emotionally check back in for for another full calendar year it's just depressing it's just a year and i'm like i i'm not going to be invested in the falcons for for a year it's really sad yeah you know i mean the way i for me the what's most struggling in my world right now is you look at the 49ers and it's like you know they hire kyle shanahan but it's a wasted year because he has the worst roster basically that's ever existed was gifted to him from the chip kelly year um and then you go okay so they're rebuilding the roster um, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious that the, the roster was so bad that they didn't even think it was worth drafting a quarterback. So they don't draft Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. Um, then, so then another year's wasted after that, uh, you get Jimmy Garoppolo, but he, you know, he tears his ACL. So you're, you go from, okay, the, the season's immediately over after having a little bit of hope. Uh, and then you wait an entire season for Jimmy to come back. They go to the Super Bowl. You're like, oh, hell yeah. And then, you know, me personally, like I have seen so many of the issues in which like throughout all of last season, I was the one pointing out big issues that I knew were going to be a problem, but nobody wanted to pay attention to because they were winning was like, hey, you know, all they're doing is running the ball. He's not comfortable throwing the ball. They're not letting him throw the ball enough. You know, what about what's going to happen when he needs to throw the ball? Sure enough, they get to the Super Bowl and, you know, they had ran the ball all playoffs. And of course, he has to make a throw and doesn't and they lose the Super Bowl. Uh, and then from there, you know, you, you wait all season. Like we talked about, you go through COVID, you're, you're waiting uh, for the season to start. Is the season going to start? It does. And the 49ers did nothing to address the offensive line. Uh, they, you know, they signed Trent Williams or traded for Trent Williams, but that was really just, you know, one Hall of Fame left tackle was retiring, and you're just you know plugging in another Hall of Fame left tackle, which is great. 
Um, but he hasn't even been playing that well this year. Uh, they don't address any of the guard positions. They had backups playing last year, and they made those backups the starter this year. Uh, your center gets injured, but he's been getting injured. Didn't They didn't draft a, a backup or, or, or sign a backup or any type of depth there. Uh, they drafted uh, a guard who it's the only, you know, other than uh, Trent Williams, it's the only position that we have a starter playing right now in that position in Lake and Tomlinson. So he doesn't do anything. They don't draft anybody in the defensive back area, uh, nothing at all, even though Richard Sherman is in his last couple of years, which is something he said himself. Uh, they don't. They, they have Akello Witherspoon, who's a third rounder, that's literally never lived up to anything. Uh, you know, they have um, Emmanuel Mosley, who's played very well, considering he was an undrafted free agent, uh, but that was when they had D Ford and Nick Bosa playing and Richard Sherman on the, on the opposite end with – just Quisky Tart and Jimmy Ward playing well in the safety position. So it's like they had all these things that were really shaky that you kind of saw the team just like walking into this season, like we'll hope everything works out. And then nothing worked out because that's the the life of a 49ers fan. Um, and now we're at, you know, week five, two and three, their three losses are against some of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, they have an incredibly hard Schedule coming up with seemingly no uh, no hope at the offensive line perspective, the defensive back perspective. Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing well, so then you go, wait, well, okay. I mean, they benched him. They said it was his ankle wasn't fully healthy, but he, he, you know, he really hasn't been the Jimmy what Garoppolo. What happened for people who did not watch this game? What happened with Garoppolo and Beathard? So like, what he is had this? a high he had a high ankle sprain. And so he came in and he was just getting his ass kicked. You tell that like he didn't really like he wasn't able to like stabilize his foot and make the throws. Um, so, you know, he they, they brought him out. They even gave him a couple of weeks off uh, and I was expecting that to, you know, I don't know. I guess they they, they gave him an extra week off. And you, you saw him sitting on the sideline or standing on the sidelines. You're like, OK, the guy's probably fine. You know, everybody's all hyped. Jimmy's coming back. Raheem Mostert's coming back. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, these guys are all healthy. This is the first time they've gotten their healthy starters out, and they can't do anything. The offensive line blocks for nothing. Uh, nothing changes. They just get destroyed. So then they have to bring CJ in, and then he sucks. Uh, they also, one thing that I should note is uh, Brian Allen, a practice squad rookie. They started him. And, I mean, immediately the Dolphins started targeting him. I mean, they, I mean, the first half they had 143 yards targeting this guy. And they didn't pull him till the half. So this guy, I mean, Devontae Parker was just torching this guy. Preston Williams is like a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, was torching this guy. They kept him in. You're sitting there going, what is the defensive coordinator doing? So, I mean, all in all, yeah, for me, like I said it before, I said if they lose to the Dolphins, the season's over. Well, they lost to the Dolphins, and the season is over. It would, it would. I mean, it would be a miracle just to be able to get some wins against these great teams that they're going to be play, facing. Remember, they're going to be playing the Seahawks twice. They play the Patriots. They're, they'll have to play the Cardinals again. They have to play the Rams twice. Uh, you know, the teams that are playing well this year. I mean, the, the 49ers are fucked. Excuse my language, but my God, they're. I don't even know what you do here. 
you have to keep force-feeding Jimmy Garoppolo just to figure out if he's actually worth starting or are you looking at getting a new quarterback next year? Is Dan Quinn going to be the 49ers defensive coordinator next year? Not if Florida fans have anything to say about it. Oh, they want him as the head coach? No, the D.C. I don't know if you oh. saw Florida this weekend. They go down um, this weekend at Texas A&M. Texas A&M, who uh, just has been really bad offensively. Uh, Florida's defense is just a, a train wreck. And uh, third in Grantham is alive and well there. So he was actually the D.C. there a long time ago. So they, w- they want uh, Dan Quinn back. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, He'll get I picked don't... up somewhere. He's going to stay in the NFL, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Gus Bradley immediately went to uh, the Chargers. All these Seattle XDCs, for whatever reason, just have a permanent job coaching defense at well, some level. I feel like Dan Quinn was probably the best defensive coordinator Seattle had of the lot. Then explain think- me why he was always bad in Atlanta. That is something that I would love That's the someone thing. smarter I- than me to explain why his defenses I- sucked. For the I entirety, don't, I don't. It's not. It is not un in, irregular for a great defensive coordinator to have a bad defense on a bad head coach as a as a head coach. Dan Quinn was doing more. He was a head coach, and he, I mean, he struggled as a head coach. I don't think he was just focusing on the defensive coordinators. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Now, at the end, other end of the spectrum, Dan Quinn had some pretty damn good players mm-hmm. in Seattle. But, you know, I look at Robert Sala, right? And he was just like a lot, you know, I mean, like he, he was never, he was just like one of those guys in the same breath where you're like, oh, well, let's just hire anybody, you know, whoever cut Sean McVay's haircut, we want to hire, you know, <laughs> cut his hair. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same concept. Robert Sala was just a guy that was like a linebacker's coach or something in Jaguar, in Jacksonville. Um, but he was never really, you know, he's never been a good defensive coordinator. And, I mean, when he doesn't have Nick Bosa and a healthy D Ford and Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner, he's getting his ass kicked. Mm. So it sounds like you you're ready to move on from Salah. Oh, I have been. I've never thought he was a good defensive coordinator. I, I mean, I said yesterday, and I think it's time holy, to bring Tom Sula back. Holy hell! No, he was, uh, first off, he's a great defensive line coach, probably mm. one of the best in the NFL. Um, but one thing I specifically said yesterday was. You know, is are you guys finally realizing that Robert Sala is not that great, or or did he just get gifted Nick Bosa? Mm. I don't know, man. Like it, it is interesting that both of our coaches went to the Super Bowl and they're both like under fire. One just got fired. One's taking a bunch of heat um, in San Fran. It is kind of wild. That do we think that either of them get back to the Super Bowl as head coaches? Kyle Shanahan will absolutely get back to a uh, Super Bowl. Dan Quinn will never be a head coach again. Interesting. I don't think Dan Quinn. I mean, I think there's been much better head coaches that have made it back to a head coaching position uh, after, you know, getting fired. Yeah, Mike Smith never got another head coaching job. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see anything different for Dan Quinn. I think, and honestly, like, Maybe some coordinators just should never be coaches. Like, yeah, I'm starting to kind of look at Kyle Shanahan and be like, like, okay, the amount of genius he has and the, 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 the blatantly, obviously, you know, he's such a great play caller. It's 
that weighs so heavily. So I'm definitely not like, oh, he should only be an offensive coordinator. But Kyle does things that if they were if they were losing, you would be screaming about these things. The way he's handled Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis didn't get cut, didn't get traded this offseason at all, right? They just cut Mohamed Sanu. They say all offseason, Kyle's like, yeah. Bring him back. The, I miss Sanu, man. They're like, this is the best that Dante Pettis has looked. They talk about how they had a like come to Jesus meeting. Um, Jeez. <laughs> they talk about how he had like a come to Jesus meeting. Basically, you know, fixing Dante Pettis' mentality and they got some things figured out of the way. He had one target for four games. They never even tried to get him the ball. This is a second round draft pick. And now they now they're he's a healthy scratch. Like, what are you doing? Either try and get him, get him the ball, cut him or trade him. Like, why is he wasting a roster spot if you're not going to use him? It's just it's an un- unbelievable. He he's same with Jimmy. He doesn't let he doesn't get I don't know. This is becoming like a vent session for the 49ers. But no, like, this is good. Both of our teams are, are going we're going through it, and this is our therapy session. We gotta get it out. I it just makes no sense. Like it makes no sense what they're trying to accomplish right now. Jimmy Garoppolo went in 2017 from like, I don't even need to know the playbook and I'm just going to light shit up. Jacksonville Jaguars are one of the best defenses in the NFL in 2017. And they just destroyed them. Jimmy was making throws all over the place. And now he literally is like afraid to throw the ball. It's like Kyle's ruined him. And everyone's like, oh, he's regressed. It's like no quarterback in his first year as a starting head, starting quarterback, not knowing the playbook, can go out and light teams up the way he did, and then they're just, they're just going to regress. Like it has to do with coaching. Mm. I Is there any chance like if the Niners go like 3-13 and 13, that they would actually move on from Shanahan? Is his job safe no matter what? No, Kyle's not going anywhere. Okay. I don't think he should. Like, I think Niners fans need to, like, breathe. Remember who you were before Shanahan. Remember who you were for years. And I understand the Jim Harbaugh stuff was great. But, like, outside of that, it's been a rough 21st century for San Francisco. And I I think Kyle and Lynch have something very stable. And let's just – I think everything should just be looked at as next year. Unless you're, like, a Quinn situation where it's, like, we have 14 and 23 since – 2018 we have the fact that the offense has gone from first to seventh to uh sixth to tenth to 23rd like when he doesn't have an elite offense that's putting up 40 points a game in the postseason where they're beating teams by a margin of victory of 19.5 he's not really effective it's just always been the offense it's like what what is the point of dan quinn when his entire tenure here has been built upon part of the ball that he doesn't even really control so it uh it's just very silly um i don't know i think uh it's gonna be interesting speaking of silly things um i want to ask your your perspective on something um i unfortunately am a football um sicko as that guy uh from the meme staring out the window ha 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 sicko guy um i watched every snap from the jets cardinals this morning went through the whole thing awful it was um it was a choice for me. It, it was a choice, Mr. Sowards. And um, my takeaway was, I think Joe Flacco is better than Sam Darnold. 
Is that fair? I uh, I thought I was actually pretty surprised with Joe Flacco. He had some really decent throws, and, and to no surprise, similar to when he was with the Ravens, he had a lot of throws that the receivers just dropped. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to Lindsay OK because you know she's the reason why I was able to kind of see some of those things. Well, we don't have to do that because her adamant hate towards Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons and reminding the twenty three. Look, Lindsay's been on this podcast, but I don't know. I it it, it I don't know what to think of Lindsay OK on this podcast because very anti Matt Ryan and uh, hurts my feelings. Yeah, I mean, but honestly, like, can you maybe like look at like. Maybe she, some of the things she's saying are right. Your team's imploding. 0-5. He's you a Hall of Famer. Really, He's the best quarterback in Falcons history. He is the best quarterback in Falcons history. He is a Hall of Famer. How much of, of that push was helped a lot by Kyle Shanahan in that MVP year? Is he? He's the best quarterback Kyle Shanahan's coached, right? I, oh, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm thinking? If you want to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and the Falcons finish with I've the number one. I've already thought about it. Too mm. much cap space. It's, the cap hit is massive. It's mm. not going to happen. Matt Ryan's not going anywhere. I wouldn't hate Matt Ryan to San Francisco. I would love that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But I think, I, I think I'm more Trevor Lawrence on. was built to be in red and black. He's from the area. It's time. Yeah, I mean, hey, that would be great. Going from Matt Ryan to Trevor Lawrence, that's like almost some Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers level. Yeah. Uh, former Atlanta Falcons legend, Brett Favre. Um, this game felt like Oklahoma versus Kansas. And I mean that in the way that like the Jets playmakers are so sad. Like Jamison Crowder is way too important for them. And I, I think a contender needs to go get him because he's still really good and really valuable. And he should be a third wide out on uh, the Pats or somebody. This I don't know. Steelers. Ravens. No, he doesn't really fit the Ravens model. Um, maybe the the Browns who are suddenly contending. Um, this game was just very OU Kansas, where the Cardinals have so many playmakers, and he Kyler is so much fun to watch, and the way he scampers is just hilarious in real time. But I'm a big Chase Edmonds guy. Like, I, I did not think I was going to be a big Chase Edmonds guy because I was a big Kenyon Drake guy for years and thought he has just been underutilized, especially under Gase in Miami. And then he gets a shot in Arizona, and he had a really good uh, goal line situation where he just went straight to the middle over and over again. He could he showed he could do that um, a little bit. But Edmonds is flashy. Edmonds can catch the balls out of the backfield. He's lining up outside. He's lining up inside. This was a huge game for him, and the Jets did not have an answer for Chase Edmonds in space. Um he has a great name. We can't understate that part of it. Um, Gardeck is this white linebacker with long hair who is apparently not Chase Winovich's brother. And his dance celebrating sacking Flacco on his second sack of the day was pretty, pretty funny. And I highly encourage you to check that out if you did not see it. But um, Hopkins had these two left ta- left wheel routes that just Kyler dropped it in a bucket and it was, it was a perfect play and he can go to Christian Kirk in short yarded situation. He can find Larry Fitzgerald once or twice a game when he needs to. They have a really flashy tight end that I'm blinking on his name right now, but the Cardinals just spread the ball around, but they also know what their cheat code is and that's D hop downfield. And it's just, it's so easy for him to just stunt all over opposing defenders. Like I, I just think there's no way 
he's not the best receiver in football right now. And I, I was like, why did the Texans get rid of this guy again? Why did they not want to pay him? Because this is this is not fair. What he's doing to this Jet secondary today on back on like a back to back plays. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is a very interesting thing for me in the sense of like, it's it's weird watching the Cardinals right now as they like teeter towards like becoming a very good team. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, they're losing to, like, almost some, some teams. That right, they, they needed this to. win. We talked about it last week. They had to win this game after these losses that they just accumulated to the Panthers and the uh, the Lions. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it, it's it's a very interesting situation right now when you look at, like, they have enough. Like, they've got a really good team. Um, at the end of the day, though, I don't think – I think both teams are still trying to figure out what they're doing, and they're, they're just yeah. a year or two away from competing at least. Sam Darnold, though, man – I mean, can you ever win? Like, can we just give up on drafting USC quarterbacks? Mm. It's just, I mean, when is the last time it's worked? Carson. Even then, man, he struggled. I mean, he didn't. He he he, he had his little freak out, retire, not retire thing. Yeah. Um. He, you know, he was a great. There quarterback. needs to be a thirty for thirty on that. We we don't talk about that enough. Yeah, I mean, his Ocho Cinco years. Mm-hmm. Um. The, uh, that receiver that died, uh, TJ Spinzada. TJ Spinzada did not die. No, no, he, no. I'm saying TJ Spinzada and uh, wasn't Ocho it Chris Henry? Together. I don't know. Was it? I think it was Chris Henry, the tall dude from West Virginia. Um, but yeah, that that three man unit was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like going from that to retiring to the to the Raiders and to the Cardinals. Yeah, it was a wild wild time but yeah i don't know man i don't know what you say about sam darnold at this point i do think he's one of those quarterbacks that gets drafted to a terrible team that never gets better mm-hmm. so i mean like i can't really blame him um but then you look at like joe burrow who you know their team sucks but he's he looks great until this week i mean i'm just saying overall yeah. like you've seen good games from him mm-hmm I don't know. Now, also, no, let me go ahead and he, say. He's uh, no we, Justin Herbert. Don't okay. get me wrong. Okay. Um, Le'Veon Bell is uh, absolutely cooked. Oh, yeah. He was so slow in this game. He's a non-factor. Him coming back, like, I was amazed. It just, like, I, I think he's a, he might be out of the league after this contract's over. I mean, I don't think he'll be out of the league. Knowing the 49ers, they'll probably give him a five-year, $25 million deal like they did Jerick McKinnon. Jerick McKinnon's like, he still can do stuff. No, I don't know what Le'Veon no, Bell Jared can actually McKinnon do. Looks slow as hell. Well, I mean, he's had that, 19 injuries. Like to that's be what fair, I'm saying, though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, but they did that like, before he had the injuries. Remember, right. they signed McKinnon before all that happened, and then no, he's just had I know, bad I know, luck. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, you know, he sucked before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, Le'Veon Bell and that group. That just the lack of talent on both New York teams offensively is just unforgivable when you have two young quarterbacks like this um my favorite game of the week um the raiders hand patrick mahomes their first loss since november <sighs> raiders look kind of nice that offense when it's humming like car through his first interception of the season this week 
one of our biggest things is like, I like Derek Carr. Derek Carr should be better. He was an MVP candidate a couple years ago. He almost powered the Raiders in that Jack Del Rio, uh, Bill Musgrave year to a Super Bowl run. Like he's shown he could be that guy. People were like, oh, is he the next Aaron Rodgers? Blah, blah, blah. Like he's had those kinds of moments and he just hasn't been that person in years now. He's just too conservative, never takes shots. That's why he doesn't throw picks. That's why he's super um, careful with the football. And that's very good. It's very good to be careful with the football in today's NFL. However, he's got to take some shots and he's got to, if you're going to draft Henry Ruggs and you're going to sign Nelson Aguilar and you're going to pay Darren Waller, you better start pushing the ball downfield or you're wasting these people's money and time, especially with that great offensive line that they have. So I, yeah. he underthrows rugs that ends up being a catch in this game. Like it was early in the first quarter rugs had beat t- double coverage and he had to come back for it a little bit. The ball just didn't get there. He gets him in strides, touchdown doesn't matter. He still connects. It's fine. Then he hits Algalar dip uh, deep. And that's like, Oh, that's, the, the Derek Carr's coming out a little bit. I like this. He's he's amped up for this. And then he hits rugs in stride again, but this time just a perfect bomb. He gets hit as he throws, just perfect over the middle of the field. But the yard line rugs just outruns everybody because Henry Ruggs is just fast as hell. I was so impressed. And I I don't know, man. Like I think this Raiders team is just maybe the most confusing in the NFL, I think, right now beating the Saints, beating the Chiefs, and then getting demoralized by the Pats, just not looking all that great against I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to make of this team. Like they went into Casey and beat Mahomes for the first time since November of twenty nineteen. Like that's a huge feat. The Pats couldn't do this. And the Raiders, they lost to this Pats team. I don't understand. Do you understand the Raiders? Yeah, I mean I think every year you have a team that underperforms that's able to go out and beat a really good team. I think that's what this was this year. I got to say, I you know I was talking a bunch of crap about the Raiders taking Henry Ruggs uh, over C.D. Lamb and Same. Jerry Judy. He looked pretty good yesterday. You know, there's a lot more season ahead. We'll have to see what the way how they use him and if they can use him correctly. But yesterday was how you use Henry Ruggs, and it seems like they understood that. So it's a good start. Um, you know, I, like I said, they've got good pieces. It's just a matter of using them. I think John Gruden's is very, he's very underrated as a head coach. I think people like to talk shit about him because he's funny to funny, you know, a funny guy says funny things, uh, spider two, why banana, yada, yada, yada. But like the where Shanahan good, and Morris met on his staff a, he, in Tampa. He's a, he's a, you know what I'm saying? Like he's a smart head coach. He's good. And I think they've Darren Waller is kind of a he's just an unsung cheat code, man. He had a touchdown in this game. I I really like their their Rashard Jacobs and the new guy they have in there. Um on the Chiefs side of the ball though, Tyree Kilk had a double coverage touchdown that was called back early, and uh that ended up playing a huge role down the stretch in the fourth quarter yeah. for them. Um it was a bomb and Tyree kill was just all over the place. And something I had written down in my notes when I went back and watched this game was that like when they do stuff where they have McCall Hardman move um, in motion and then you have Tyree kill on the other side and defenses have to prepare for one of those two to just come flying by either on a, just a quick end around or them going over the middle or them cutting it up. Like 
it, it's just not fair sometimes when you watch the Chiefs where you're like, you have Watkins, Kelsey, Hardman, and Clyde Edwards Solaire now who did, had a quiet game, and then um, Hill. Like, it's just when you watch it in real time, I don't know how defenses keep them all straight and how nervous you've got to be as a defensive coordinator when the when Hardman and Hill get in motion and get get amped up because they're just too fast to cover. They really are. They really absolutely are too fast to cover. Uh, I'm very curious to see what happens with the AFC East. Um, I don't West. think this is going to – excuse me, AFC West. I don't think this is going to uh, slow the Chiefs down that much though. I don't either, but I do think this is a huge win for the Raiders, and I'm happy for Mayock and Gruden. I'm happy to see um, the Raiders get a big win like this. Um, it makes the AFC West a little bit more interesting. Um, they're only a game back now of the Chiefs for the AFC West divisional lead. Um, would you like to guess where the 4-1 and one Browns are in the AFC North, where they sit in the standings? Uh, first place? Third. Oh, wow. Is that the most Cleveland thing of all time? To finally right, get finally four, be four and one, one and you're third in the AFC North. I mean, it really is. It really is. But you know, I mean, the Browns fans aren't complaining. The Browns fans are happy that they've got a good team that likes to compete. I think the Browns assumed their season was going to be like this last year. Yeah. So, shout Kevin out to Stefanski locking up that to, coach of the year. Shout out to Kevin Stefanski uh, for doing what should have been a lot easier for other people to do. But hey, guy. Use Odell Beckham Jr. You know a little more. My fantasy team can use it. Well, he gave us a lot. He gave us a little bit too much last week. He gave us the Thanksgiving special where there's just too much food, and we're just we we got to open some buttons by four o'clock because it's just we had too much Odell Beckham. We had we had too much. He's throwing touchdowns. He's catching touchdowns. Like he uh, he was all over the place in Dallas. So they had to they had to take uh, take the foot off the gas a little bit. They they overfed us last week. Well, I'm hungry again. I am hungry again too. He's on my team as well. Um, let's play a game called Panic Meter. Dallas, Minnesota, and your team, San Francisco. How would you rank in terms of one being the highest, two being eh, we'll see, and then three being like they're fine. Of those three, how would you rank them? So they're all unique. Right. But they're all similar. It all goes to the quarterback. The Dallas Cowboys are in for a very scary situation right now. Um, the, the only thing I will say, though, is is they're lucky. And that's a horrible thing to say right now. But as a 49ers fan, they're lucky that the injury came before they paid him. And that's a horrible thing to say. I do want Dak to get his money. I do wish Dak would have got his money I think it's horrible what Jerry Jones did. But what we're talking about right now is a panic meter. And in the context of which what we are talking about, I say they're lucky because the 49ers paid Jimmy Garoppolo, made him the highest at the time, uh, paid quarterback in the NFL. Obviously, that contract is cheap comparatively nowadays. Um, But they paid him. And when he tore his ACL, he never came back the same. And the 49ers went to the Super Bowl last year, but if they would have had the Jimmy Garoppolo of 2017, they would have won the Super Bowl. Uh, They might have gone undefeated. So here they are now. They're benching their quarterback, who is coming off an injury, who's still not right, and they don't really know know, what they're going to do. The Cowboys, they were struggling to figure out whether or not they even wanted to pay Dak. 
which is crazy. They should have paid him. But now, you know, he's got an ankle injury, snaps it, you know, compound fracture, which is just terrible. You have to kind of wonder, you know, does he come back fully healthy? Does he come back and does he struggle the way Jimmy Garoppolo did? And then at finally, you know, the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins is owed a lot of money and he's just simply not good. So I think you saw the best game last last week or last night of Kirk Cousins all season. And it wasn't even enough to win. Uh, a lot of struggles, a lot of problems there. Uh, I'm saying point blank, the 49ers are in full panic mode. The Dallas Cowboys are in full panic mode. The Vikings, I wouldn't say they're in full panic mode, but I think they do like they understand. They should have beaten the Seahawks yesterday on the road. Yeah, of course. And they if you're a Vikings fan, you're like, one. how are we one and four? What is this? Right. So the Vikings remind me of the 49ers in that they're going to end up with a really good draft pick when they have a really good team. Mm. And that doesn't normally happen a lot. Uh, I don't know what they do with Kirk Cousins, though. He's he's never been the guy. Too much guaranteed money. You can't really do anything at this point. Kirk Cousins, to me, is like a better Nick Foles, but similar concept. You never should have paid him. You shouldn't. You certainly shouldn't have brought him onto your team. But some people get desperate. You know, you look at the... I mean... They could have just the, kept Teddy the, Bridgewater. They could have, and that's what I said. They should have kept Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he. I watched him on Sunday. He's good. And uh, Bridgewater makes significantly less amount of money than Kirk Cousins, and I don't really understand why. Um, this weekend, who the F is this guy? Um, not Dalvin Cook for Minnesota, who had a bunch of yards last night. This guy named Allison. Do you know who this is? Yeah, Do I pick him up in fantasy? Do Is it worth it? Like, who is this? No, not as long as Dalvin Cook is, is, is running so around weird. healthy. Running backs are just the weirdest part of the NFL now, where well, you just Vikings see a new running have, back, and you're like, who... Who is this? What is happening? The Vikings have good a good good ground game. They have a lot of good running backs. When Dalvin got injured, they had a lot of good running backs. A new weekly segment we're going to add here, uh, Mr. Sowards. Uh, well, I would like to say who is this guy? It's Brian fucking Allen, the practice squad quarterback, cornerback <laughs> for the 49ers. Who the <laughs> fuck is this guy starting and getting torched all game long? That's my who is this guy. Brian Allen, sound like you should be working at a fucking Kinko's. <laughs> An assistant manager at Kinko's, Brian Allen. Brian Allen sounds like he should be a, a a waiter at Applebee's trying to get me to get the $2 margarita. Brian Allen should not be a starting cornerback in the fucking NFL getting burnt by Preston Williams. <laughs> another segment another, of who is that guy? Yeah, another uh, who the... Who the f is that guy? Is Preston Williams going through that? And I'm like, who the hell is this? Uh, uh, no name or burning another Brian no name. Allen's biggest nightmare. Oh man, <laughs> fucking Brian Allen. Um, the WTF moment of the week for me. Um, Brady maybe forgetting what down it was. What do we think? <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say I going think he forgot. for it. Uh, the Vikings going for it instead of taking the field goal. Mm. Well, we each get uh, one. So is that yours this week? I mean, the, I I agree with yours. I would say I would take the Vikings, but at the same time, I can understand why you don't want to give the ball back to Seattle. 
But yeah. they still gave the ball back to Seattle because they they didn't they didn't convert. So let's go with your Brady one because that was hilarious. And then the coach coming out and saying he did know, like it just don't say anything. Like we all know he didn't know. Like it happens. He's played at an elite level for over twenty years. He's getting up there in age. He had a he had a brain fart. It's okay. He's human. But, it happens. Well, I think the problem was is that Bruce Arians has been lighting Tom Brady's yeah. up ass up all 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 you know all season and so i think he finally was like okay i really can't i can't you know yeah all right well are you ready to get into our screw the lines as we'll be coining this because guess what um sports is better when you're not looking at it from a gambling perspective it bums me out when i see people like oh should i do blah 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 the third quarter because they the over under is blah and i'm like why aren't you just watching because you want to see if Brandon Ayuk's going to hurdle somebody? Why aren't you watching just to like see two teams compete? I, I think it's very strange. I, I get weirded out by people who get really into that side of things because I don't, I don't understand why you're actually watching. And I think it dehumanizes people, people a lot. I've never, never cared for gambling same. much. So we're calling this Screw the Lines when we pick... Our weekly picks here. Um, do you have last week's results in front of you, Mr. Sowards? I do. Okay. I do. How did we do? Okay. So, we both picked the Bucks. Mm. Not good. No. They should have won that game. What a dumb game. Uh, we, won't, we won't see the Titans and Bills play till like week 60, I think. So, <laughs> who knows there. Uh, we both picked the Texans, which we got right. Shout out to the Texans. Happy trails, Bill O'Brien. We both picked the Ravens. Got that one. I picked the Panthers. You picked the Falcons. I'm never picking the Falcons again. It's over. I don't it's know officially why you over. Did. We own the Panthers at home. We've owned them forever. Uh, that's past tense now. Yeah. Uh, we, we both picked the Chiefs and obviously got that wrong. Uh, we both picked the Cardinals. Got that right. We both picked the Steelers. And we both picked the Rams. We both picked the 49ers. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, Struggle City. And we also both picked the the Cowboys. We're doing uh, we well both, this week. Yeah. We both picked the Pats. That's not going to be played for a long time. <laughs> I picked the Browns. You picked uh, the Colts. Philip Rivers. By the way. Mm-hmm. That's the bet of the week. Yep. Um. Yeah. Got some shotguns on the way. Seahawks? Both picked the Seahawks, and okay, we good. both picked the Chargers. Mm. I, I gotta was... say, mm-hmm. if Justin Herbert comes in tonight and beats the Saints and looks good, will I get you to finally admit that he's the best quarterback in this draft? <laughs> Absolutely not. Joe Burrow is literally winning MVP in the next three years. <laughs> okay, we'll no, see. Not, not a chance. Um, all right, so we're... Who is pl- like so? The Bills game got moved to Thursday. Is there a Thursday game this week? Uh, this week coming week sixteen, there is a Thursday game that is the Bills and the Chiefs, which isn't and- happening because the Bills are playing Tuesday. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. You know, they came out with the the schedule of what they're doing for all these games. Yeah, but like Thursday you know. night football week six. Let me see. Yeah, see, Broncos, I don't think there's going to be a Thursday night game. There's, It's still listed here, but there's no way they're doing that. No, there's no way. 
They're going to probably push it back. The answer's out there somewhere. Okay, so let's just start with Sunday then. So, new week, new picks, week six. Okay. Texans, Titans. Titans haven't played in four and a half weeks. Um, I think they're like the enemy number one this season for their for their nonsense and a lot of it's self-inflicted in that just practice they had um i i really want them to be bad now like i really want them to struggle for the rest of the way i'm very anti-titans this is an anti-titans podcast now and i'm a tennessee resident i live with titans fans but uh i don't like what they did here and uh it's unfortunate because i'm picking them to beat the texans at home you are okay. Well, I will be picking the the Texans. Oh, you're back, Bill O'Brien out the building, and you're back on the, uh, the Texans. I saw what I needed to see. Mm. They let they let Deshaun do his thing. Bill O'Brien's gone. He can't hurt him anymore. Your Who boy, does JJ will Watt fi- have to will, scream at will now? Will Fuller catching touchdown passes, bro. Enjoy your Texans love. I I've, I've moved on. Our our relationship is over. I've severed it. Okay. Ravens, Eagles. I think we're both taking the Ravens, but I'll let you uh, decide that yourself. What does this make the Eagles one four and one? Mm-hmm. Mm. Or do the Eagles win and take a commanding lead in the yeah, division? I was going to say. Like, <laughs> um, uh, give me the Ravens, but I don't feel good about this one for some reason. Okay. I think we yeah. I think we see Jalen Hurts in this game. I'm struggling with Lamar Jackson. He is not having the season that he was last year, and people are so quick to shit all over him. The second he starts playing bad, people are like, I knew it. I knew it. He's not a passer. Like <laughs> it's a little racist, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I agree. Falcons, <laughs> Vikings. Go ahead and lock <laughs> it up. Vikings, my lock of the week. The Vikings uh, are winning this football game. Refuse to win football games. I will also be t- taking the Vikings because my God, those Falcons, bro. I don't think the Falcons are the type of team that's going to play better in spite of you know because they 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 didn't like Dan Quinn. I think they all like Dan Quinn, so I think they're going to probably be sad. Do you know what sucks is I love my memories of Minnesota, Atlanta, Michael Vick running through um, two Minnesota defenders for a touchdown win. And then uh, the Vikings Falcons NFC Championship game. A lot of friends of the pod, Eric Thompson of Daily Norseman. Like, it's very sad this game matters absolutely zilch, and uh, it's going to be tough for me to watch. Like, that, that sucks. Yep. Um, so, I mean, but that said, go, you know, go Vikings. Browns and Steelers. This is a weird game. I'm excited for this one, man. This is. I am excited for this one, and I'm also going to go ahead and tell you that the Steelers are going to win this football game. The Steelers are really, really good. I'm taking the Browns. Oh, a new class of the AFC North. You're you're all in on Baker, Baker Mania. I'm just not all in on the Steelers. You keep saying out loud about how good they are, but I don't think they are. Chase what Claypool about... is a new guy. They have a new weapon. Chase Claypool <sighs> is not fair in the red zone. Like that Chase, dude, four Chase TDs. Claypool is, is very good. Claypool, Juju, Deontay Johnson, James Conner. I mean, they have 
They have dudes everywhere, and their offensive line's so good, and Ben's healthy. Like, it, I can't, I can't quit the Steelers. I think they're the, I think they're the best team in the AFC North this year. I really do. Bengals, Colts, two teams that are just super underwhelming. Colts, I think they bounce back here at home, and I like their defense uh, still enough to give Joe Burrow and this offense enough problems. I, I like, I like the the indie pass rush against this Bengals offensive line. I, I think yeah, that's where they went. I hear that. These are some fucking ugly games this week. <laughs> Lions, Jaguars. <laughs> think about this: Ravens, Eagles, Falcons, Vikings, Browns, Steelers, Bengals, Colts, Lions, Jaguars. That is. Five games I don't want to ever watch. We're not even at the worst ones yet. I know. This is a bad week of football, bro. Uh, Give me the Lions. I just... I'll take the Jaguars, but I just oh, don't... Oh, no. They're they're in tank mode. The The Jaguars have officially... Um, they've moved care. on. They have, they have left the chat, in my opinion. For the twenty Panthers season. Bears is a sneaky good game. Yes, um, give me the Panthers. Panthers are legitimately good, and DJ Moore is the fastest receiver in football, and you can't tell me otherwise. Like he had that touchdown run against Isaiah. He's Oliver. not. He's not. But like Henry Ruggs, he, he, that, yo, dude, that DJ little... Moore is crazy, and yeah. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I really like what he can do in space. Um, give me the Panthers' offense over the Bears. Washington, New York. Another sneaky bad football game. It's not sneaky. That's openly bad. <laughs> yeah. Kyle Allen versus Daniel Jones. Gosh. Uh, give me the Giants, I think. I I just don't care. <laughs> I'll I'll agree with you, but I just don't care about these players. The Jets and Chargers, uh, shout out to Justin Herbert. Yeah. I'm taking the Chargers. Chargers. I think that's obvious here. The um, 4 o'clock slate's terrible, too. This is a bad week of football. Dolphins, Broncos, who cares? <laughs> oh, Give me the Dolphins. 500 Miami. I'll, I'll say the Dolphins just so it makes, uh, makes me feel better about the Niners getting steamrolled. Keep that momentum going. Preston Williams mania. Packers are going to throttle the Buccaneers. Oh, see, I disagree. This is where we disagree. I think this is going to be very close. And I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this game. Give me the Bucks. Brady Rodgers, though, I love this. I love that this is in the 4 o'clock spot. This is, uh, this is sad, sad moves here, but this will be the first time this season that I will not be picking the 49ers to win. Mm. Can they and... flex this game, by the way? They can't. It's too late. Can they please flex this? Can we get? Can, I wish. I, I don't want to watch. Think this. about the think about the two front premier games: the 49ers who are awful, and the Cowboys who just lost Dak in Sunday Monday games. Give me the Rams here. The Rams are legitimately great. The Rams are, I think, a contender, and uh, they're going to steamroll your team. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know that. You know what? They deserve it. The 49ers deserve it for what they've done. Fucking Brandon I <laughs> receiver. You kidding me? Drafting a receiver? Just pay Emmanuel Sanders and draft a guard, you asshole. Evan's doing great, folks. Just loving life right now. Living the dream. Uh I'm taking the Cardinals. 
Andy Dalton, Red Rocket. Not, <laughs> not this week. See, I think Andy Dalton's still actually good and better. Like, he's better than at least 32nd among active quarterbacks. I think he's better than Kyle Allen. I think he's better than what Denver's throwing out there. I think he's better than C.J. Beathard. I think he's better, I like, better than Sam Darnold. Like, he's actually better than a lot of starting quarterbacks in the league right now. Gardner Minshew. Um, that being said, I don't think that they're going to be able to uh, to beat the Cardinals here. But the Cardinals losing this game would feel very on brand after riding the ship. Because they're just going to be weird all year, I think. And they're going to be hard to to get a get, good gauge of. But their offense is just going to throw all over uh, Dallas. So I think this will be a high-scoring affair that's like 56 to like 42 or something. But uh, give me the cards. Yep. Four and two Cardinals. Kill me now. <laughs> that is our picks. All right. Well, um, that is all I've got, Mr. Savage. Is there any life advice that you would like to to give to the listeners before we get out of here? Give up hope. Give up all hope. Mm. Life is meaningless. Mm. Football is terrible. Uh huh. People are dying from COVID. Not good. Give up hope. Unless your football team's winning, and then, of course, congratulations to you. Life is great. But uh, if you're a 49ers fan, give up hope. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. <laughs> Sowards. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at, uh, what is your handle? Is it Sowards? Is it just Sowards? Yeah, it's just straight up evanswords at, g- or at gmail.com. No, evanswords, <laughs> yep. <laughs> But if you want to email him, that is how you can email yeah, him. Yeah, hey. <laughs> fan, fan questions. Send them in. Um, yeah, go do that. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas. Uh, if you like the show, leave us a five-star rating and a review. That would be greatly appreciated. Go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com. And uh, we'll be back with another episode next Monday. Mr. Sauer, you have a, a good week, sir. You as well, man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.